Mortgage rates topple again. Shockingly, they fell 19 basis points, and that's lower than a year ago. All that and a whole bunch more on today's podcast of the Fearless Millionaire Podcast. Let's go. Still haven't closed a deal yet in your real estate business? Then you have found the right place. This is the Fearless Millionaire Podcast, where you can gain clarity, confidence, cash flow, and build your business the right way from the inside out. Here's your fearless leader, Nathan Amaral. I'm a big fan of watching Shark Tank. Have you ever watched Shark Tank? If so, I would like to know what is your favorite, who is your favorite shark, not what, but who is your favorite shark and what has been your favorite product or business that has been launched on Shark Tank? So first, I'll tell you who my favorite shark is, and I'd love to know who yours is. So send in a message, jump on our Facebook, send a message through our Anchor podcast, however you want to do it. Um, I'd love to hear who your favorite shark is. So a lot of people don't like Mr. Wonderful. Why? I'm not so sure. Maybe because it's the way he comes about, <laughs> the way he comes out and says things like, "Take your products." or your business and take it behind the farmhouse and shoot it. (laughs) Or he'll say something like, I'm gonna crush you like the cockroaches that you are. And uh, whenever there's like a slimy pitch or whatever. Um, Mr. Wonderful is really my favorite shark. Um, I I like every, I like all the sharks, um, but if I was to rate them on a scale, I think Mr. Wonderful is um, one of my favorites. And that's because one, He always has like either a royalty or perpetuity deal in mind. He also does lending and he's usually the first one just to be real and brutally honest with the the person doing the pitch, you know, the business owner, the entrepreneur. And sometimes, and that's, I think how I am. That's why we relate to people that we like and you know, that we feel connected to. And there's a lot of like, Mr. Wonderful definitely has a soft side. I actually had the pleasure of kind of not you know for a long period of time but i actually met him at a conference and i also met damon john at a conference at a book signing at a conference so got to buy his book and say hello and all that kind of stuff and then also with mr wonderful kind of the same thing but spent a little bit more time in a like round circle and got to hear what he had to say but not not a whole bunch of time but it was it was really intriguing and um one of the things i really liked about, or I do like about Mr. Wonderful is how he is just kind of like brutally honest. He's really gonna just tell the entrepreneur like, listen, this idea is stupid, or this is a really good idea, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take action on it. And then sometimes he's like 50-50 about it. He'll give an offer, but he'll be a little bit more, you know, you know, he sets it up in a certain way where he'll either do a line of credit or some more, you know, decent equity. And he's just brutally honest. And I really like that. And there's sometimes where other sharks they're a little bit more, I don't wanna say soft, but they come at it in a different way. And then, you know, sometimes they disagree with Kevin, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, so I, I really like that about him. I guess my second favorite would probably be Damon John. Uh, I really like his methodical approach to what he invests in. And he tends to find things that he's really good at or he can add to his portfolio. Um, third favorite shark, probably Robert. Uh, and yeah, that's that's really about it. I'm just gonna go for those three. Um, Robert likes to have fun, and I think business should be fun. I don't think it should be something that, uh, well, for me years ago, business was everything to just to make money. That's all it was. And it might be like that for you right now. Maybe you're just trying to just make some money, and you hustle, and that hustle's good. That hustle will actually keep you 
moving forward and waking up every morning early and you know working on your side your side hustle to make it a full-time business and replace your income whatever you're trying to do that's really what I like about Robert <clears throat> is um, and I guess also a really a big thing about Robert is the immigrant story um, you know my family uh, were immigrants you know uh, Portuguese immigrants coming from the island of the Azores uh, and you know coming over to uh, Massachusetts the United States to start and build uh, a life for themselves. And so I really like that because even though there's not a whole lot of education, like I know there's a lot of people that I know that, you know, have grown up in the United States and have really, you know, big degrees and, you know, good jobs. Uh, however, you know, with, with Robert's background, it was all business related and that's how, you know, me and my family have grown up. We've grown up in business, not so much in high academics, but in business. So that's kind of like that connection I have with Robert. So yeah, those are those are my sharks one two three and um, going back to Mr. Wonderful, I just think it's him being in the finance uh, world has always intrigued me. Mr. Uh, Kevin does also have a wine business, um, and uh, he has also uh, O Shares, which is an investment firm, which also piques my interest. I've always had interest in. <coughs> excuse me, I've just had this weird cough for the past two weeks. Um, but Kevin has also uh, O Shares, which um, has you know is an investment firm, and I really like that about him because I've always been uh, interested or actively invested in uh, shares and ETFs for a long time. Actually, I remember when I turned eighteen, I opened up my first uh, my first uh, investment account with uh, First Trade, I think it was, and they actually I think they're either a Chinese or a Japanese company. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. It was a long time ago. So based. So those are my sharks. I'd like to know uh, who your number one is and why. So I'd love to hear that. And uh, okay, I'll tell you my favorite pitch, my favorite product. Gosh, there's so many. Um, and you know me, like I'm very active. I'm very active when Shark Tank is on and I've watched, I think almost all, almost every episode. I'm on season nine right now. But I'll tell you what, I have to say the ones that stick out the most, um, that uh, really, gosh, there's just so many. And I feel like if I say one, I'm probably just going to say one that um, that I just seen recently that was really good. But I think I think one thing I found really fantastic was the man, the, the company, the, the guy who created the product, it was a little smiley face and it was a scrubber. And actually Lori became the investor for it. And actually it was a, it was a great product for Lori because it could easily sell on QVC. It was just, or Bed Bath & Beyond. It was just a simple, cheap product um, that could be distributed. And it was actually, I think, one of her biggest selling products. So it was basically like a, I think a kitchen scrubber off the top of my head. Um, and, and that was a really interesting pitch. And I really enjoyed how simple the product was. It's just simplicity. And everything in the Shark Tank is sometimes is you know, products that are created out of a need. And that is really what business is all about. <coughs> business is all about finding the need and making a solution for it. And there's nothing more simple than that when it comes to Shark Tank. It's like, you know, people have a need, they make it, you know, uh, and, and what's the solution? And there's also a lot of times the products that come on Shark Tank where maybe there isn't a big need for it, but it comes up in a new category. For example, I just saw a girl who got a great deal actually, and she created like sweet tasting hummus. Like 
hummus is, you know, has a particular taste. Maybe you just have the original. Maybe you have hummus with chili in it. And you know, I've been eating hummus for a long time and it's just hummus, you know, <laughs> you know what you're getting. But she actually added all these flavors and all that. And it was just so unique. She actually brought a new spin and category to, you know, hummus, which is, you know, pretty standard. Like it's always the same, right? Just like when you see uh, this, um, I forgot the name of the company, but they had created, they re, they re-energize, they re, uh, in, in, I don't even know what the word is, <laughs> but they, they took, uh, cheese, grilled cheese sandwiches. And I think it was called John and Chi. I forget the name of it, but the company, uh, they have, I think I have over, um, 40 franchisees now. They've done like $70 million in revenue a year. And it's really, really awesome. But they took something so simple that everyone knows, such as grilled cheese sandwiches, really simple approach as a food and made into a franchise. And so sometimes you see amazing things like that happen. Anyway, the Shark Tank is just a really uh, great show um, that really can help train investors uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, you can learn a lot. You can also be motivated, but you can also learn a little bit about investing and partners. And that's one thing I think a lot of business owners that I work with, uh, as clients, and I'll extend this to even you as the listener and the doer is that don't hesitate to get a partner involved, even if it's a part of the company. Now in shark tank, they go for equity of the company. So that's what they're selling or they go for loans or lines of credit. But you don't have to do that. I mean, you could. You could turn over a part of your company uh, into an equity deal. Or you could just do a joint venture partnership, which is a profit-sharing partnership. So you could put deals together and you know have a partner. And every time uh, you know profit comes into the company, then you split that profit. So they don't have to actually be an entity stakeholder, but they could uh, be a profit sharer in the business too. So... That's something to consider, you know? So just to think outside of the box to make it happen, I know a lot of people get started in business. There's like that solopreneur uh, mentality. And a lot of people actually go into the Shark Tank starting off all alone. And what I love to hear when they come into the Shark Tank, they say, listen, I've built it up this far, but sharks, I need your expertise. Sharks, I need you to grow this. I can only take this so far. And that may be where you're at. You may be at a position in your life where, you know what? I can only take this so far. How can I broaden my reach? How can I expand my empire, right? So what? in order for you to make that happen, you cannot do this alone. A lot of people think they have the solopreneur mindset and they think like, okay, I'm gonna do it all alone. Well, let me tell you something. It's not easy. I don't know about you, but I know I can't. And I'm, I'm a pretty heavy set guy. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, I can't eat a whole pizza. I can't. It's just as good as it tastes, I can't eat a whole like large pizza, okay? I'm talking large, all right? So I want you to think of your business like a piece, of, like a, a big pizza pie, right? Is if you eat the whole thing, it's gonna be a lot of work. You're gonna get super stuffed. You'll probably pass out, <laughs> right? So the thing is, keep your business like a pizza pie, Right, you're gonna wanna have a few slices of your pizza and you're gonna wanna share the rest with someone that you like, right? You wanna share your pizza. And that way you can have the accomplishment of eating the whole pizza, getting the whole pie. That's what your business should be like. Your business is if you want to eat the whole pizza, you want to, to you want to do the whole entire business, but you have to give out pieces of it. So yes, your profit may be lower, maybe less, uh, instead of getting all of it, but guess what? You achieve your goal of eating the whole pizza, of achieving the results you want. 
That's exactly what happens in the Shark Tank is people are giving away a piece of their pizza and to in order to have that accomplishment of their goal of going to that next level, eating that whole pizza, doing your first deal, right? Closing your first deal or maybe going from to your second deals or your third deal to 10 deals, 20 deals, right? You have to become open to the idea. You have to become, first, you have to become open to the idea. Then you have to take action and find a good partner that you can connect with. Well, how do you find a good partner? Nathan, how do you find a good partner? I get asked this all the time. How do you find the partners that you deal with? First thing is, I'll tell you what, I have gone through more bad partners than I have good partners, and it was a learning experience, but it just is part of life. It's part of business. Um, Some people would say, no, I'm going to wait until I find one good partner, and oh, this partnership went bad. Yeah, that can happen. That can happen. Have I lost a whole lot of money with partnerships? Yeah, maybe one, maybe two. You know, I can think of a few examples that, yeah, maybe I got screwed on, you know, some deals. But you know what? That didn't stop me from continuing to open up my doors and open up my trust to say, okay, I learned my lesson. You know, I got scraped there, but I'm not going to stop. I'm going to go and, you know, connect with someone else, you know, because I know I can't do this on my own. Your capacity is limited. That's the truth. We can only handle so much. There's only so much time in a day that you can actually get everything done. So if you really want to expand, you you got to get out of the solopreneur mindset. You have to take uh, you have to become the president of the CEO of your company. You have to manage and lead, manage and lead. And so <clears throat> that is really important as you build your company. Especially if you want to build your profits. Okay, especially if you want to do more deals, close more deals. Now, in an upcoming training in our Facebook group, in our uh, I'm doing a training on how I hire my real estate uh, assistants, my virtual real estate assistants. How I hire them. I've been doing this for like, oh, I don't know, over five years. I know that. Um, probably ever since uh, virtual uh, real, you know, hiring virtual assistants came into the picture, which was over five years ago. Um, so I'm going to share that with. Um, I'm going to share that with the fearless millionaire community and our people who are in our, are in our Facebook group and how to make that happen because it's really important to expand your circles. Again, there's only so much time. And what's really important about that expanding is you got to delegate the stuff that you're not good at. I'll tell you what, I know real estate processes from start to finish. Like I know how to start the process. I know the, the beginning process, the middle and the end. I can take a deal from start to finish all the way to the close. I know it like the back of my hand. Yeah, maybe sometimes there's some questions that come up. I'm like, hmm, I don't really know about that. Let me do a little research. But I know the processes. However, I don't like all the processes. There's a lot of parts that of moving parts that I don't enjoy. And one of them I've identified with really importantly is the front end of the deal. I remember when I first got started in real estate, I was around you know, 18, 19 years old, and I was on the front end. I actually hunted for every deal. And I did that for a number of years. I did that for a number of years and it gave me the education that I needed and the experience and the skill sets that I needed to continue and to get to the point and say, okay, I know I don't like this part of the process. So I started delegating that. As I started delegating those parts of my business, I realized I like to be more in the background. I like to be more virtual as well. I like to be more on the marketing. I like more of the computer and the software and the technology aspects of the business. And and as technology grew in the marketplace as, as technology came along and grew uh, in the world, it actually, I, you know, an incorporation into the real estate business was awesome. Like even today, I was just sharing with a client 
that uh, today I can notarize my documents right online with a notary. I don't need to go find a local notary. Even while I'm in Uganda or Portugal or traveling, I don't need to go to a not local notary. I can actually just go to notarize.com and have a notary done right there for $25 anywhere in the world. Such a great service to uh, have available to us. So there's a lot of things that are available to us uh, and tools that can help grow the business. And I'm going to be sharing more of those kinds of trainings uh, with our Fearless Millionaire members in our community. So be aware of this. Delegation is super important in your business. If you're not good at something, delegate it. Delegate the rest. Do what you know and what you like. Give it your best and then delegate the rest. I also wanted to share with you, we've been having some great traction, some great success stories that I want to share just to today from some of our clients that are in our uh, training programs that are helping them build their business. So one of our clients I'm really excited for has been studying real estate for a number of years, but has never gotten to that point of even making an offer. Just earlier this week, I heard that 20 two, I believe, 22, 23 offers were submitted and one came back already. And you know what? That's progress. Just submitting the offer. Listen, I, I've seen it so many times where people will study real estate over and over and over again, time and time, go from seminar to seminar, buy all these courses and actually never get into the position of submitting an offer. And I'm so happy for one of our fearless millionaire members, I call them the family, I call them the fearless family that actually got to that point of submitting 22 offers. That is fantastic. And I know he's got another 10 offers going out. So that is just he's crushing it right now on offers. That is huge. Uh, and I know good things are going to come out of that. That If you're not making offers, you're not making money at the end of the day. That's it. If you're not making offers, you're not making money. Now, a bigger you know, uh, let's talk to a money success part of our uh, of, of uh, announcement. We have another client who has closed on a deal and has profited over a hundred and ninety thousand dollars, one hundred ninety-two thousand dollars to be exact. I shared about that success in our group as well, and he is just crushing it. He's excited and happy. And man, when you get that kind of check, there's a happiness. I always think because I've gotten. I've gotten some big checks in my real estate business and also in my career, uh, in, in my career as a consultant and also as a mortgage broker, I've gotten those big checks and it's so great to have them come in. The sucky part is, is when you gotta, you know, pay Uncle Sam. <laughs> so I will, I'll never forget the first time I made, um, was it $10,000? Yeah, it was about $10,000 and I was so excited. I'm like, yes, all this money. This is fantastic. And I remember after the taxes came out, I was like, oh man, like I thought I was going to have all that money. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it is what it is. You got to pay your taxes. That's super important. I mean, one of the things I've identified with in business and in the government is that, listen, the government's always going to do what they need to build a country. I don't know how to build a country. That's what I tell people. I don't get involved involved in politics anymore like I used to uh, when I ran for office and all that stuff. I don't get involved anymore because, listen, at the end of the day, I need to decide what I'm going to be active in. You know, am I going to be active in my real estate business and my consulting businesses or am I am I going to really be active in politics? Okay, there's a whole lot of news out there and it can be super distracting. And it used to take up a lot of my time because I just wanted to make an impact. I wanted to make a change. 
And I realized that after I ran for office and I won the primary and I was like, I realized how people changed and how much they changed. And I was like, you know what? This is now not how I want to make an impact in the world. This is not how I want to change people's lives. So it was immediately after that. Well, not immediately. I would, you know, I don't know, maybe a year later, I started my consulting company. And that's how I knew I was going to lead people and change their lives financially and mentally. And that's where Fearless Millionaire was born because it was all about helping people create clarity, build confidence, and create cash flow. And yes, it's thousands of clients later. It's happening one at a time. And that's fantastic. So no matter what's going on with the government, listen, I didn't go to school on how to build a government. Probably you didn't go to school on how to build a government. Let them build their governments. <laughs> Let them do what they want to do, right? Let, there's so many moving parts. That's what I realized in government. And I'll tell you, you want to know something? I'll tell you the biggest thing I learned about government while I wasn't even in government, uh, public service. I'll tell you what I learned. It was about money. It was about finances and budgets. I was actually the student senate president of the local community college that I went to, and I got elected president, which that was awesome. And uh, I'll never forget our first meeting, that we, our first finance meeting that we had. And it was about budget. And, it, and all of a sudden in this conversation, it was about, Nathan, we have this budget, and this is what we got to do, blah, blah, blah. we got to spend this money. And immediately my mind, I was like, well, why do we have to spend that money? Why can't we just save it, right? I have more of that saving mentality and investing, but obviously I couldn't invest the money. So I was thinking, let's save the money. Why do we have to spend it? And you know what the advisor told me, the dean? He said, no, Nathan, we have to spend all this money because if we don't spend all this money, we're not going to get the budget that we need for next year plus then some. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, Nathan, we have to spend all this money because if we don't spend this money, they're going to look at our budget and say, well, since you didn't spend the money, we're going to give you less. And that's when I understood government finances because governments, whether on a federal level or even on a world bank level, okay, let's just not even go that high, okay, not in this conversation, but even from a world bank level, from to a federal level, to a local state level, if you don't spend the money that let's just say the federal government is giving or granting, if you don't spend all that money, they will reduce the amount of money they're giving you the following year. However, if you spend all the money, then you can ask for more in the budget the following year. That's actually how it works. And to me, that was like, wait, what? How is that? Why? Why is it even like that? So I did go on this little hunt of trying to figure it all out and why it's like that. <clears throat> and the power of debt in an economy, when an economy goes, when a country or an economy goes into more debt, um, there's actually power behind that. Now, this is not the time and place right now to talk deeply about that and why debt is important, why other countries buy debt in other countries. That's just a whole other conversation, which I enjoy to a certain extent. I really enjoy that conversation. Um, but I'm not in there constantly and want to be in there because I don't, that's not what I'm here for. That's not where I'm called on this earth to do, uh, to be in that world of politics. So I stepped out, I stepped out and I said, you know what, let those people build their countries, you know, let them build the country, let them do what they need to do. And I'll just pay my taxes. Right. And that's what you need to do. And yes, sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's, it's man, it can be just such a hit on you sometimes, but I'll tell you what, one thing I learned over the years 
when it comes to government and paying taxes, because I've definitely had my roller coaster of fun with the IRS. But I'll tell you what, one thing that's really important is knowledge in those areas. Knowledge and education in the areas of finance, but in the way of taxes, the advantages you can have as a business owner. So by you listening to this podcast, if you haven't started a business yet, you need to start a business. You need to start a corporation. And I'm not here to tell you which style of corporation, but from my experience, what I know is that maybe a C corporation or an S corporation, you have you have some great benefits there. You need to be actively um, pursuing either that or some kind of business so you too can get those tax benefits. Even if it is a side business and maybe you love your job so much, that's okay. Or if you're seriously considering leaving your job and you want to start your business or if you're going to do real estate, then you need to be in business officially, right? You need to have an entity. So be sure to talk with a, uh, you know, a tax advisor, get some you know, advice from a CPA and someone to help you structure um, your, um, your entity. Now, there's a lot of great services out there, by the way. Um, please be careful uh, you know, of people who are trying to you know, start your business and charge you thousands and thousands of dollars, especially if it's your first business. You don't need something that's so expensive. Um, I actually forgot who the owner and creator was. I shouldn't forget this because he actually, I actually listened to one of his uh, audiobooks, I believe, a number of years ago, but he's the creator of LegalZoom. Uh, and there's a few other services out there that you can look into, but they provide cost effective solutions to helping you start a business, uh, an entity. Now, it's actually really, really, it's a little bit easier, excuse me, it's cheaper to set up a business right with your own Secretary of State. And you go online, you can get an EIN number, that's free. There's a lot of like cheap cost of effective services, but sometimes going straight to the government, not knowing what to put on your documentation, not knowing where to get these resources. There have been companies that have come, come along and say, hey, we'll help you set up your organization. They, they make a business out of setting up entities. So over the years, I have used quite a few different companies in that area. I've also used attorneys uh, to set up entities for certain types of entity structuring, or uh, operating agreements, but you gotta find your solution. If you're working on a budget or you want something that's more cost effective, uh, then you can check out services like LegalZoom or incorporate.com and stuff like that. Or you can go, if you're building up a bigger business or you have more moving parts, then you might need a real estate attorney to structure a few things for you. So what's important is just get started, get your business up and running and take that first step because you too can have access to those benefits. There's a lot of benefits in owning your own business and uh, every wealthy person that has ever lived has probably those two elements in their life. They probably own real estate and they have a business. That doesn't mean they have a real estate business, you may be doing that, but they are definitely owning real estate and they probably more likely have a business. So continuing this conversation with the government and everything that's happening right now in the government with, um, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of growth in jobs. There's a lot of growth in the market itself. It's really, really hot. We have a hot real estate market right now. And you know what? It's, it's slowed down in regards to um, new mortgage applications over the past few months. Over the past, I'd say, six to seven months, there was just a decline on mortgage applications and a lot of people slowing down and buying homes. And I don't think the, the economist or whoever's driving the government wants to slow that down in any way. So the Fed announced that they are going to decrease the uh, mortgage rate. 
that's what's happening. And now it's, you know, for a while, just for a while, it was kind of ticking around like 4.4, 4.5. Then it just decreased to 4.3. And, um, and, and that's cheaper than it was a year ago. That's cheaper than what it was a year ago. So this is a really, um, this, this is just a big change, you know, that I don't think anyone really expected. But what it's going to mean is that the Fed is going to be buying more bonds. That's typically what's going to be happening. There's a lot of stuff, um, you know, a lot more purchases. This is typically common on properties that are on the 30-year fixed loan, pretty much an average around the $300,000 price point. That's typically, um, you know, what these what these prices uh, and these this really impacts is like that middle income. And so this is really this is a really benefit. I think what's going to happen is this is going to increase more sales in the retail space. Um, may not be good for people who are like trying to host sale real estate and get a good deal. Uh, you know, 50% below market value, 70% below market value, the golden rule of wholesaling. This may not be good for that right now. Um, but this also just fosters more growth, more development. This is going to where be more builders are going to be building, more development's going to be happening. And, you know, this could continue. This could continue for a while. Um, I'm not a political prophet, but I'll tell you this. This is my, this is my politically profit, pro- prophecy for you. <laughs> um, if if the, administ- the current administration uh, is in office for another four years, if they are, I believe everything that's been happening economically, when it comes to job growth, when it comes to um, you know this opportunity of uh, you know decreasing taxes and uh, it decreasing taxes for some po- of the population and increasing taxes for another, just the structure of the the new IRS reform um, and also you know um, economy, you know when it comes to companies moving back into the United States to increase manufacturing, increase job growth. And also a lot of debt reconsolidation and a lot of what's happening with cutting the spending. I mean, I could we could go on and on and talk political stuff for a while. But when it just comes to the majority of things that have been happening, if this continues to tick upwards, okay, and if the presidential administration that's in office right now continues for another four years, I believe that this is just going to continue to grow. So I think we could have another four, five, six, seven years of growth. That means that's more development, more growth in the economy, more people getting jobs, more houses being bought, more land being purchased, more houses being built, more developments happening. And I'm not just talking about the greatest metropolitan areas around the country. I'm even talking about secondary markets. So not just primary markets, but I really believe we're going to see our secondary markets become primary markets, which is so like a a battle. It's just a race. Like I'm talking on a government level, there is a race is going on to hit cities to a million people. It really is. So we're actually going to try to see, because, you know, we got other countries uh, abroad in the east from China and, and especially China who are literally building up mega cities um, way faster than the United States. And so there is a kind of like a race going on to make that happen. And I, it, would, it would really have to see 
uh, our, our secondary markets really tick up to become primary cities. And uh, I think we're gonna see that. That's just my prophecy. I don't know, we'll find out. No one really knows, right? No one can really put the pinpointer dab on that one. But I will say this, that's what I think is going to happen. Um, and we'll see what happens as, as time goes by. But we're definitely seeing the federal, uh, you know, really take a, a tick on the, on the mortgage rates to get people to continue buying homes, first time homeowners. There's still those opportunities for them. So think about that for your real estate investing business. Think about what's happening there and how are you gonna play in that game? How are you gonna take advantage of what's being bought up right now? How are you gonna participate? What are you gonna do? First of all, are you clear on what you're doing? And if you're not clear, then you need to get clear, right? You need to get clear. I talk to a, a lot of people, whether I get emails, I just got a few messages in today about people who are not sure. They are not sure of what to do first where to get focused, how to make that happen, right? How to gain that clarity of where to get started. Now, this podcast is a great place where it can help you gain some focus and maybe help build your confidence a little. But in order to really get that clarity, you have to tap in, you have to ask, you have to dive deeper. So with that said, I wanna let you know, you can reach out to me. You have our, on our Facebook, you can shoot over a DM and, and, and reach out that way. You can shoot an email over to us. Just reach out and contact us of how you can get started. There's also, you can go to our website, fearless-millionaire.com. You can go right to our website. There is some great resources there, free resources you can tap into. For example, steps to your first deal. Maybe you don't know how the whole process works of getting a deal closed. You can jump on our website, get that free map, get started with that. Maybe you need a little bit more confidence and you're trying to build your confidence in yourself to say, hey, I really need to do this. I really need to step out. I really need to fire my boss. <laughs> I really need to um, find it within myself to say, this is it, I'm gonna do this, right? So there's a book on our website called Unstoppable Confidence, What to Do, in the matters that, wait, I said that wrong. <laughs> Unstoppable confidence, what to do in the moments that matter most. Um, so go check that out. You can get that book also for free as well. And just continue to join in and be um, engaged into our community so that you can get the most out of it. The more active you are, if you play the game, then you'll get out of the game. You don't want to just be watching the game. You want to be involved and that's how you can really get started. So you can check those things out. Also, if you learned something today from this podcast or it was valuable to you, let us know. You can leave a review or give us a like and we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, and a lot of the questions that we have that come through are always great. And when I always say we're gonna get some of those questions answered, we have on previous podcasts, we got some more questions that are gonna be answered. We might just start up a Q&A here on this podcast, but we do have a Q&A on Saturdays in our uh, Fearless Millionaire Facebook group, our private group. So that's happening. So just be involved, reach out to us. Thanks so much for listening in and we'll get you on the next episode.